0: I've heard it said that no good deed goes unpunished. Typically, we would like to think that good things happen to good people. And usually, good things certainly don't come out of bad situations. If we're going to live this life, we're going to have to deal with the bad things when they happen to good people. The title of the message today is Living the Good Life in a Not-So-Good World. So how do we go about doing that as followers of Jesus Christ when bad things happen? How do we respond? My name is Trey Rhodes and I'm the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church in North Charleston, South Carolina. It's good to have you along. appreciate all my Life Connection Group leaders listening as well as care leaders and others that are uh, voluntarily just listening out and wanting to hear the Word of God here today. And what we're going to do today, if you're not familiar with our process, is we do a short review of the message and we go back and we answer the major questions, the discussion questions, so that you can use those in your Life Connection group as well. You'll find, though, as you read these questions, if you'll download the sermon, a lot of times you can also, if you don't quite get what I'm saying, or maybe I don't quite get the gist of what that question is, you say, well, I really want to attack it a different way, well, go back to Pastor Tommy's sermon and open that up. I, I included in on your, your mail, your email, and open that up, and then you can look and see what exactly he was trying to say, even if I didn't quite get what was going on. So there is a little bit of prep here, but we hope that you won't have to study for more than 45 minutes to an hour so that you can teach your Life Connection group on Sunday morning. And I do want to say, again, that I appreciate so much what you're doing. Uh, we're back up again almost to 450 this this Sunday and that was with the children being so down we had quite a few families out so a lot of the kids were out so we had a lot of kids down but even so we were back up to where we were so thank you for working hard i do want to encourage you with a couple things and that is if there is any way that you're able to try to get in contact with your people on your role uh, once or twice a um, semester if, even if they don't come, I guess is what I'm saying, if they don't come uh, to Life Connection Group, then you at least need to kind of put a bug in the ear and tell them you're waiting for them, especially if you have an event coming up. If you have something like, you know, you're going to go out and eat at a restaurant together, well, let them know that and say, I know you, you're, you're not able to come as much as you'd like, say those kind of words, uh, but we are having a, a eat out dinner night and we'd love to have you come join us and just meet with our class. We would enjoy seeing you there. Also, I do want to remind you that coming up is our our um, sin relief tour that's going to be in Charleston. And we're all going to be a part at Northwood Baptist Church. You need to encourage your Life Connection groups to sign up. That's the big deal right now. Sign up. So if you have not signed up and been wanting to, and maybe your Life Connection group all wants to be on a, a project together, then go to the page and sign up. And you can sign up on the front page of our church's website, northwoodbaptist.com. If you're not a Life Connection Group leader or not a part of Northwood Baptist Church, you're also welcome. You've not stumbled onto this by accident. We believe it's a divine appointment. And so you're welcome to join and listen and just be a part of what we're doing here at Northwood. And if you would like to listen to the message that, that I'm going to review, Pastor Tommy is also on uh, northwoodbaptist.com. You can go on there and it says archive messages on the, on the uh, message section of that. And then you'll see the uh, most recent message at the very top left corner of the page. Click on that. And you can either listen to it audio or you can listen to it video. And It's also on YouTube if you'd like to check that out. Alrighty, well let's jump into it and see what the Lord has for us today. As we look in Ephesians 5 verses 15 to 21, and we're going to talk, going to talk about living the good life in a not so good world. Um, and we talked about what was going on in Ephesus and we do live in this dark world. The Ephesians lived in a very dark world. Artemis, one of the largest worship centers to this goddess Artemis, was there in Ephesus, and the people had come out of that. A lot of people when they got to Ephesus were very religious, and they would end up going to the temple, and they would uh, worship with the temple prostitutes. All that has quotations around it when you talk about worship. That's how they worshiped, and so... Like I said, they got real religious when they got to Ephesus. Well, anyway, what we're looking at is we look in Ephesians and what the Gentiles, the Gentile way of living was. We we found that these people were those type of people. The people that are in Ephesus were those kind of people. You remember, Ephesians was written, the book of Ephesians was written, or the letter to the Eph- Ephesians was written in Corinth of all places. So if there was any place that made Ephesus look like it was, it was even uh, a clean, cleaner place, it would have been Corinth. So here Paul is, he's writing across the Aegean Sea and he's writing to uh, Ephesus from Corinth. And so here's what he said. Number one, Ephesians 2, we learned that the people in that church used to actively walk in the ways of the dark world that's ruled by the power of Satan, the power of the prince of the air. Um, And then Ephesians 5 talks, as we get into Ephesians 5, we find more and more about sexual immorality and it pervading the dark world and its ability to, and its power, I would say, and it does have power to destroy lives, marriages, families, children, everything else. And uh, yet we see, with all that happening, we still see, with all those warnings, that sexual immorality is still celebrated, not only in their world, but in our world. Ephesians 5:16 talks about the days are so evil. You see what's what's so heartbreaking is to think that people are celebrating what destroys lives. So that's why when we get in Ephesians 6 we're going to talk about the spiritual battle for against the forces of darkness. So how do you live a good life in not so good world? And when this world is uh, that, that you live in, you're not fulfilled, you're not content um, and, and what is the evil of this world when it, what do you do with the evil of this world when it's taken? Uh, knock out punches at you, you know. How do you find fulfillment in the things of God when this world is constantly telling you that where we find fulfillment is just going after what you desire. Whatever your want is, go after it. But there's two ways that we find the good life in a not-so-good world. First is this, use the wisdom that God has given you. He starts with those words. Walk not as unwise people, but as wise. What is wisdom? Well, it's allowing what you know about God inform the decisions that you make on a daily basis. So when God says for you to do something in his word and you've known it and you've read it, the book of Proverbs is a good way to go and kind of get a feel for that. It's not the only place in the Bible that is wisdom but it certainly is wisdom. But when you allow that to inform you and you are able to make the decisions that you need to make on an everyday life basis. That's why we call this connecting faith to life because we want you to be connected to understand that God gives you his wisdom to be able to live your life as, you, as, you, as he desires. Uh, you know what, uh, we all know what's right and wrong. And that's what wisdom does for us. Wisdom is, what it does is it chooses what's right. And what foolishness does is chooses what's wrong. And what we do is we let foolishness deceive us with these arguments. Yeah, they are arguments and maybe we don't want to get in an argument but the problem with these arguments is that it's like there's nothing in them. They're like zero with the edges rubbed off. They're empty. Foolishness is partnering with what you've been saved from. The world is good at telling you what, you, what to think and what to believe and your sinful nature and doing what your sinful nature wants to. And what, he, what we're learning in this letter is that we're not to go back to a way of life that takes our life. What we do is we expose the darkness. Um, foolishness is knowing that God knows best for you, yet choosing What you know is ultimately destructive for the sake of momentary pleasure and satisfaction. Foolishness is also having no regard for what God's will is for your life. So it's wise to be careful. Israel, um, you know, when we were there, we saw this place. There were landmines everywhere. There were signs, beware of the landmines. There was one place we went to. There were more landmines per square foot in that area of, of, uh, of Israel than anywhere else in the world. Well, we are going through that too. Landmines are all around us. Problem is, we don't have them marked, And you have to determined in your own mind that what God calls evil is, is actually evil. And so when you don't mark those things, then you don't know they're there. You're not convinced. So like Adam and Eve in the garden, you can say something like this. Well, how can something that looks so good and tastes so good be so bad for me? I think it was Debbie Boone that sang that song. How can it be, how can it be wrong when it feels so right? So why, why are we not careful? Why do we just kind of go about these things? Well, we, we don't think about it. Colossians 3, 1 says to set our minds on things above. Uh, what happens is we're not thinking about the things of God. We don't focus on that. We don't, we don't that's not our, that is not our, excuse my Latin, but it's not our modus operandi. It's not the way we operate. Uh, you think about the temporary satisfaction, but not the lasting damage. And then you surround yourself with fools. Uh, You know, in in my vernacular, I would say you surround yourself with idiots. And so carelessly, we just, you know, bring people around us. And these people are giving us terrible information. And not only that, they're influencing us by the way they live. A pastor once said, show me your friends and I'll show you where you'll be in five years. Um, Now, be honest, who speaks most into your life? Is it the fool or is it the wise? Ask your life connection group that. You know, who's speaking the most into your life? Fool or the wise. Remember, listen to what Proverbs 13, 20 says. The one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. And let me tell you something else. It's not wise to waste time. I was talking to my grandson this morning before I came to work, and he was talking about his biggest problem is, and he's five years old, and he says, my biggest problem is I don't do what I should when I should do it. I just I just mess around too much. I guess he hears that from his dad or mom. But anyway, it's not wise to waste time. When we are foolish, time will be wasted. So don't waste your time with sexual sin or with being overly busy. You know, everybody thinks it's a proud button on their coat to say, I'm just so busy, I can't. Be careful with those words, okay? Uh, how about the time waster of leisure? You know, we're so involved in all the things that we want to do, you know, whether it's going out in the boat going fishing hunting, um, uh, motorcycle riding, baseball, whatever it is we need to see time is not a time it's for us it's a gift for you to um, to to use for God's kingdom and his work and to bring him glory. Now you're never going to repent uh, you're never going to regret spending time in investing in that relationship with God. Pastor Cody was preaching last night he says you're never going to come back to the end of your life and Say, well, I gave up 30 minutes in the morning to have my time with the Lord. I really regret that. No, you're never going to regret that. Time is a precious commodity. Once it's gone, you can't get it anymore. You cannot buy it back with money. So let your good intentions help you walk in wisdom. And when that happens, make sure you have a plan because good intentions will never get you where you want to go, but determined discipline directed by the Holy Spirit will. All right, number two. So we talk, we've talked, first of all, about living the good life being using the wisdom that God has given you. But now let's talk about determining to let the Spirit of God control your life. The wisest decision you can make is to let the Spirit of God control you. Um, Now, the Spirit, we we know, I think everybody, you know, come on, agree with me here, because, I mean, we all know this, right? Uh, Everybody in your Life Connection Group has heard this said, the Spirit lives in you as a Christian. Here's the problem. Do you allow Him to control your life? Is He sitting on the throne of your heart? Or if you kicked him off and you're kind of resisting what he wants to do, uh, Ephesians four thirty talks about that resisting the spirit of God. And then 1 Thessalonians chapter five verse nineteen, if you want somebody to look that up and have it ready to go, it talks about quenching the spirit. So it's kind of pushing the spirit. And then it jumps into this thing where it just seems kind of out of place, but he says, "Don't get drunk with wine." Now we've been talking about sexual morality, and maybe it would have said, "Don't participate in sexual morality, but be filled with the Spirit." But when we talk about not getting drunk with wine, uh, it wasn't because there was a drinking problem in Ephesus, although there might have been. Um, but Paul is drawing an analogy instead. When you drink too much, alcohol takes control. Every time. Oh, I can stop whenever I want to. Oh, I, I can drive my car fine. Oh, I don't have any problems walking. and They're stumbling all over the place. They get in their car and they drive and they're swerving out of the parking lot. Uh, what happens when you drink is you do things that you wouldn't normally do because you're just not thinking clearly. On the other hand, when you're filled with the Spirit, then He controls you. You do things you normally wouldn't do because you're finally thinking clearly. So you know you have this moment of clarity and you say, oh, that's what I thats what I was intended to do from the very beginning. Now the reality is Paul could have said anything. The point is this, that you're either gonna let sin control you or you're gonna let the Spirit control you. When the Spirit controls you, you will see more life from God's perspective and you'll be emboldened to live for him. So be filled with the Spirit. Now Paul likes to talk about fullness in Ephesians and he does it in 123. He does it in uh, verses 319. He does it in chapter 4 verse 10. He does it in chapter 4 verse 13. There's, and the whole point is that that there is fullness in Christ, whether it's about maturity or whether it's how he is filling all things or whatever is going on. There's fullness in Jesus. The one who is the fullness of God wants to fill you to have control of your life so that you can have a full life. A good life is not in, in a not so good world is a life that is full of the Spirit of God working in you. So what happens when you're full of the Spirit? Your life becomes, it is like a dark contrast to not so good world, which is darkness and shame and, and no fruit at all in their lives that would anywhere indicate that they are followers of Christ. Instead, when you're filled with the Spirit, joy just blows out of every area of your life. I mean, you're just so, just comes out. The joy just comes out of your life. So that's why he talks about singing, but singing and making melody in your hearts. You joyfully sing because Jesus is worth singing about. You can't help it. It just kind of comes out of your mouth. You just kind of sing it out. You're singing because you're convinced that God has done something in your life worth singing about. It's an emotional response to the things that are dear to us. And then you joyfully give thanks. You're just so thankful for what God has done because, you know, God can take our worst days and whatever the circumstance we're going through, and he can use them for his glory. Then you joyfully submit to others. Uh, when you're controlled by the Spirit, you realize that, that life isn't about you. Philippians 2, 2 says this, you count others as more significant than yourselves, and you joyfully submit. Not filled with the Spirit, and you, when you're not filled with the Spirit, it's, you're always worried about, bless me. When you're filled with the Spirit, you say, I live to bless. So it's a great contrast. It's real joy, not in what Paul uh, talks about in Philippians, uh, excuse me, in um, Ephesians 5, 1 through 14. There's no joy in that. Those are re- joy robbers. Real joy is when you let the Spirit control your life because your eyes are taken off of you and where are they put on Jesus. Now, some of us stay discouraged because we're just too self-focused on our kingdom rather than His. So what do we do about that? How do we experience that filling of the Spirit? Well, you know where you have to go to get your desires filled. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Decide today. Let your life connection group decide now where they're going to seek satisfaction and avoid heartache. How about this one? Empty yourself of anything that you're not willing, uh, that you are, excuse me, let me say this again. Empty yourself of anything that you are filling your life with besides the Holy Spirit. Uh, Not careful to think about what's really controlling you. What is really controlling you? What drives the way you think? The way you live, fear, worry, pride, all those things. Uh, whatever you're filling your life with is what's going to control you. And just quit dropping by. And I know he didn't put the word church, I'm doing that, but quit dropping by at church. Quit treating church like a 95 year old grandma that you know that you go to because you know it's the right thing to do. You do it um, not because you just want to go and enjoy and spend time. You know, it's a shame that there are people in your life connection group. That, can, that say, how little time. Now, they don't consciously do it, but their lives profess it. How little time can I invest in God and his church and still be considered part of the family? All right? And then daily embrace the gospel. You see, the essence of what Jesus is saying here is being filled with the Spirit is for you. The fruit of the Spirit is for you. He gave up his life so that you could be full of his life. He died the death that you deserve so that you could have a life that you don't deserve. He rose again so that you could have eternal life. All that was for you. And because of what Jesus did on that cross, it makes a better way of life available to you. All righty, let's jump into the questions, the discussion questions. And this is uh, what from Pastor Tommy preached April the 24th. And we're going to uh, talk about it now on May the 1st. All right, honesty time. And this might be a good question to ask. Um, Why do bad things happen to good people? Why does it seem like this world is against us? Uh, and then number two is probably a little edgier, but it might be good to just uh, put it out there and let's see what you get. Why do you think our hearts are so prone to celebrate the things of this world while the things of this world are actually out to destroy us? Why Why do people love that do that? And I don't even mean people in your life connection, but we all know people that live that way, and maybe they can share some of that. All right, let's jump into the text. First, we're going to be looking at Ephesians 5 verses 15 to 17. Uh, First of all, what is wisdom? Remember how Pastor Tommy defined wisdom? It's wisdom is doing the things that you know God has revealed to you in his word. Um, Wisdom is allowing you to know about God to inform the decisions that you make on a daily basis. And we call it connecting faith to life. That's what it's about. And wisdom helps you connect faith to life. Um, Now, why do you think Paul calls us to have wisdom in these verses? Well, we we need to know what's right and wrong, and so wisdom helps us choose the right thing. He doesn't want us to be foolish. He doesn't want us to be deceived. Um, He doesn't want us to be partnered out with the things of the world and not knowing that the world and kind of be ignorant that the world is trying to tell us what to think and what to believe, which sinful sinful nature wants to do. Uh, So expose the darkness. Don't embrace the darkness. Number... To, in Ephesians 5.15, Paul writes, pay careful attention then how you walk. Now, what do you think Paul means when he tells us to pay attention to how we walk? Well, Pastor Tommy particularly talked about landmines, the landmines that are all around us. And so we've got to be careful um, because they're not marked. So what we've got to do is we've got to mark out things in our lives. We've got to put log posts, I guess, so that we know where things are that we need to avoid and, things that we're, and we need to know where things are that we need to be a part of. Um, we have to determine in our own mind that so we, what, it, what God calls evil is actually evil. And so uh, that's why it's important that we walk the right way. What do you think Paul means when he tells us to pay attention to how we walk? How does the context of the passage help us determine what Paul means? Well, we just talked about that. Now, why do we have a difficult time? And if you want to go deeper into that, you're welcome to do it. Uh, why do we have a difficult time paying attention to how we walk? And again, we said the same thing. Uh, but let's, let's go over a few things here. Um, if, we, if we are not going to pay attention to where we walk, then we're going to have problems. We're going to have problems with things like um, these landmines. So we've got to be careful. Uh, we gotta be, we got to be thinking. we got to make sure that we think. we don't surra- we, we got to be careful with who we surround ourselves with. Don't surround yourself with fools. And don't waste time as well. All those things will help us become who God wants us to be. Um, number, let's see here. How does Paul uh, want us to make the most of our time? All right, well, of course, we make the most of our time by not wasting it. That's the big thing. And we don't want to waste our time with sin, like sexual sin, uh, and getting involved in that. It's just, it, it, we could have spent time strengthening our marriage, even if somehow it wasn't anything wrong with it, which there is, but just the uh, idea that you're not spending time with your wife, the, what, what the book of Proverbs says, the wife of your youth, and strengthening your marriage hurts it, and it's a time waster. Time waster of being overly busy, you know, where you say, oh, listen, I, I just need to do these things. And that's what it means by not being a time waster. Um, you know, that we, you only have, you can't do all this stuff because you're just too busy at work or you're too busy wherever. How about time wa- waster of leisure where you say, well, I'm just going to do this stuff that makes me happy, that, you know, I'm going to I'm going to build model airplanes or I'm going to go racing or I'm going to, uh, go to the racetrack or, uh, or whatever is your hobby you notice I'm talking about my race, my, my hobbies uh, but anyway, we've got to be careful with that not that they're bad but we can waste our time and really get rid of all of our time doing those things. Um, so ask them then at that point are you making the most of your time? Are you making the most of your time? whatever it is are you are you time waster? are you making the most of it? Number four what does Paul tell us not why does Paul? tell us to not be drunk with wine. Well, he wants us to not be controlled by those things of the world that he's been talking about because alcohol has a, has a design in it, or I don't know if that's a word, but it, it, is, it is made so that you will lose control. So he's saying, don't be drunk with wine. Um, so what does that have to do with anything in the context of passage? because he wants you to be controlled by the Spirit of God and let the Spirit control you and direct your life and, and as a disciplined follower of Jesus to direct your life in the way that you should go. Um, do you think there's a contrast uh, that Paul is trying to show us between being drunk with wine and filled with the Spirit? It is, a, it is an absolute contrast where we, when wine controls us, we get our minds dulled and we don't know what we're doing. When the Spirit controls us it gives us clarity in our mind and we're able to do exactly what God wants from us and we're able to do and accomplish the will of God. All right what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Um, to be filled with the Holy Spirit means that we allow the Spirit to take control of all of our things that we do, our, our lives, our, our efforts, and everything we do and we say Lord I want you to use me to make the wisest decision, and I want you to control my life. We're not talking about some ecstatic experience that maybe you've seen at churches. We're talking about a Spirit-controlled person. It is, a, it is the opposite of what Ephesians 4.30 talks about, about quenching or resisting the Spirit, or what 1 Thessalonians 5.19, that we already talked about in the sermon, about quenching the Spirit. It's the opposite of those things. Um, is there a difference between the indwelling of the Spirit and the filling of the Spirit? Um, I certainly think that. I certainly think that when the Spirit comes into us as followers of Christ, we have the Spirit in us, and He indwells us, um, and so that is just part of what it means to be a follower of Christ. The Spirit is with us, but what's happened is when we're filled with the Spirit, we allow Him to control us. It's not just He's with us; He controls us. That's what the difference is between indwelling. And being filled. Um, And then he goes into this idea of, um, let's see here, notice that Paul gives results of being filled with the Spirit. Excuse me, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Um, uh, Let's talk about what it means to be filled with the Spirit, all right? Now, why do you think Paul mentions singing as a result? So I was, I was in the right place. Why do you think he mentions that singing? Because it just kind of bursts out of your pores, right? I mean, when you follow Christ and you're excited, and you have the joy of Christ in you, and all that just comes out and you can't help it. And so when you come to worship, you want to sing loud. And you know, I, I, I wish everybody sang loud. They don't, we know that. But encourage your, or encourage your life connection group. Hey guys, if you're filled with the Spirit of God, sing loud. The Bible never says we have to sing well. It says make a joyful noise to the Lord. So it just automatically pours out of you because it's your response to a, the Holy Spirit of God is doing inside of your life. Um, So that's very important. Um, Ephesians 5.21 talks about submitting to one another. And so what do you think Paul has in mind when he calls us to submit to one another? What is he saying? Uh, I think the idea is that if we're going to be the people of God, and we're going to be controlled by the Spirit of God, and we're going to say, "Okay, Lord, I want to do what for my fellow believer Uh, maybe what they can't do for themselves, or maybe something that I can do for them to encourage them and build them up. You see, when it's all about us, that's not being filled with the Spirit. Uh, When when it's about others, when we're other-oriented, and we say that people matter more than I do, that shows us we're filled with the Spirit. And that submitting to one another is a demonstration of what it means to be filled with the Spirit of God. All right, then this is a personal question maybe some people want to ask, answer, but why do you think we struggle to submit to one another? Why do you think our way is always the best way? You know, that's kind of kind of the flip side of that. All righty, let's apply the truth, and this is going to kind of be some things that they can do to, to be where they need to be in Jesus. Uh, first of all, what can you do this week to grow in wisdom? Okay, so if, if we go back to what wisdom is defined as, and that is whatever God's revealed to us, that we are able to take that and allow that to inform the decisions that we make on a daily basis. So then how do we do that? Well, we got to know what the word says. The more we know, the wiser we'll be. Am I right? So I recommend, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again, proverb it's a its a wisdom search. You might want to take the book of Proverbs and read whatever day of the month it is. Read that proverb for the day. And if you only say, I can only read 10 verses, then read 10 verses of Proverbs 1 on, on May 1st, which is, on, on Sunday. Uh, and then the next time, read the, the next 10 verses. And the next time, read the next 10 verses, etc. And maybe it'll take you nine, uh, three months to do it. But really, it's not that hard to read 21, 22 verses of Proverbs. And do that on a daily basis for several months in a row. And you'll, be, you'll say, I didn't know the Bible said that that was important to me. All right? That's one way. Anyway, they're going to uh, let them come up with other things. You might want to make that suggestion. You might want to do it yourself. Number two, what do you need to do this week to pay more careful attention to your walk with Jesus? So what is it that you need to pay attention to? Maybe you've, maybe you've just been, you know, blindly walking and jumping on landmines. I don't know why this happens to me. You know, what? so what is those things you can do? Is it because you need to think a little clearer? You need to place your uh, focus on God's things? Maybe you need to control who you hang around with, you know? Uh... And maybe, maybe you need to say, I need to quit wasting my time. All right. Number three, if you were to evaluate your time, honestly, what are your time wasters? Okay. Is it TV? Is it social media? Is it, you know, I just want to go out and, uh, I mean, there's just all kind of things. I just want to go outside and just uh, look straight into the sky all, all day long and, and never do anything. Uh, whatever it is, you need to let them try to identify some of their time wasters. Now, there are times, and they're going to say that. They're going to say things like, well, not everything we do is a time waster, and I understand that. But they know what their time wasters are, okay? And how can you be filled with the Spirit? You allow the Spirit of God to control your life so that you can do the purpose and the plan and the will of God. We are being disciplined disciplined and directed by the Holy Spirit and His will. That's how you know you're filled with the Spirit. All right, let's respond to the truth, and we're done. What do you think God is calling you to do in response? So according to what we've said, what is this, what is those things that you need to do? Let them start to think about that. And then how will these scriptures, that's supposed to say Ephesians 5, 15 to 21, it says, Mark, inform the way you pray this week. At least it does on my page. Maybe on yours it says uh, Ephesians. And then, okay, the, we go back to what we talked about with these time wasters. What do you need to do this week to make the most of your time? Some of you it's going to be, I need to take a fast from Facebook. Some of you it's going to be, I just need to turn off my television. Some of you it's going to be, I just need to, you know, it's always going to be, it might be music. Maybe you just read books at Infinitum. You, 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 maybe all you do is listen to the radio. I don't know. But what is it? What is that one thing you can do this week to begin to make the most of your time? All right, guys, we're going to pray for you, and I uh, thank you so much for your. Consideration for your help and what you do to help make our Life Connection Group such a great success. I think it was four hundred and forty-five in Life Connection Group this past week, and that's because of you. Almost three hundred adults in Life Connection Group—that's big. That's huge. There was a day, and it wasn't far along, far long, a long time ago, where we only had two hundred and ninety-five in all Life Connection Group. Now we're having that many adults, so it's exciting to see what God. Is doing. Thank you for your commitment and your discipline to make Life Connection Group a great success and pour your lives into these precious people. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much that uh, you have given us the, the knowledge to know what to do uh, when we are these people that are trying to live a good life in a world that is not good at all whether it's being filled with your spirit or maybe it's avoiding the landmines of life. Uh, Maybe it's not wasting time anymore. Lord, help us to be the people that we need to be. As the world goes further away from you, Lord, I pray that we would be closer to you and we would develop those disciplines and we would develop those things that need that draw us closer to you so that we would be able to walk wisely in this dark, dark world. Use us this week. If there's someone in our class that doesn't know you as Savior and Lord of their life, may today be the day when they surrender to Him and say, Lord, I want to follow you as never before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, have a great week. I do want to say one last thing. In your class, uh, we're trying to take up a love offering for Trey Kearns. T-R-E-S is how you spell his name, Trey Kearns. So if you'll mention that to uh, your class as we partake in a love offering for him and he's doing a liver transplant. That's all in your notebooks. Go read it and uh, mention that to your class. God bless. Have a great week.